The Penguins are back in action on Friday night for their final preseason game against the Buffalo Sabres. And with that comes the final preseason game preview. Pat and I are going to get into that right after this. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am one of your hosts, Hunter Hodes. You can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. And joining me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend, Patrick Dam, the best co-host in the world. You can follow him on Twitter at SendThemForWet. And you can follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins, of course. Thank you all so much for making this your first lesson slash watch of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. So, This is the final preseason episode of the year. On Monday, we get into regular season mode. We're going to preview the game against the Blackhawks, give some bold predictions, just do a full regular season preview because at that point, the official 23-man roster will be finalized. So super excited for that. But first, one more preseason game, the big dress rehearsal. The Penguins are playing their A lineup tonight, minus Jake Gensel, of course, will be back sometime hopefully at the end of next week or maybe for the opener if all things go even better for him. But everyone's playing for this one and for the Sabres, Pat. Their whole A-team is playing, including Zach Benson, who I'm really excited to get another look at tonight. But this may as well be a regular season game with all the players that are playing. I'm super excited to watch this one. Yep. Call Buffalo the garage tonight because this is the final tune-up before we get to actual hockey. And like you said, You look at both teams' lineups tonight, with the exception of a couple of guys on both sides, this is who we're going to see when the regular season kicks off. So I'm excited for this one because anytime you can see that final dress rehearsal game where you want to see what what training camp looked like, you want to see what they're going to look like coming out of camp, and you also want to see those couple of guys on both sides that are making their final push to become full-time NHL players. Right, and it'll be nice to see the regulars get another game under their belts during the preseason. They haven't played that many games yet, but this game obviously means so much more to a couple of the guys who are really fighting for roster spots, including Colin White. He's on the PTO. He'll be playing tonight. Jansen Harkins, he was claimed off waivers, looked really good in the preseason game on Wednesday. He will be playing and, of course, redeem Zahorna as he battles for a roster spot. Those, I think, are the three main forwards that I'll be keeping an eye on. If you look up and down this lineup, everyone else that's playing forward-wise is going to be on this team. But when you look overall at the training camp roster right now, and we're going to get into more of that later on, 16 forwards, I'm counting Jake Gensler because he's going to be on the roster when he is healthy. It's kind of at this point where two guys are going to make it out of five guys battling for those spots. And... You're seeing a few of them tonight, though Vinny Hinnestroza is not playing and Austin Wagner is not playing, which is interesting. That the fact that they're giving White, Harkins, and Zahorna the final chance, I think, says something to me. But again, we're going to dive into that later on. And then defensively, it is interesting that Ryan Shea is included. I don't think he's going to play. I think they're just going to kind of use this as a just rehearsal for POJ in Chad Weedle. But it's also interesting that Mark Freeman is not there, but we'll get into that in a bit too. But 
I, I don't know. I, I don't think Shea is going to play, but yeah, you know, maybe you, you seem to think he will. See, that's I was going to say. That's where I kind of disagree with you. Is that they know what they have in Chad Ruedel. He's been here long enough. He's got a large enough body of work that they don't need to see much more out of Chad Ruedel, if anything at all. I also have to reference Phil Bork on the radio broadcast from the other night. He brought up the fact that Brian Shea kind of went from a guy that you saw on the training camp roster and went, ah, okay, they got another body to have some competition and get some depth in Wilkes. And he's been good in this, in this preseason. Now I know that I said earlier on the show that like, I don't get what the end game is. I don't know what they're trying to do with them, but he's been a steady presence on a bottom pairing throughout the preseason. And realistically, that's all that they need out of a guy who's going to be in that position. He doesn't have to wow you. He doesn't have to be great. He doesn't have to do anything spectacular. And he only makes 775000 a year. So it's not like this guy's on a PTO and he's expecting a big deal. He's not a guy they brought in on a contract that somebody didn't want. And if you ask me, the way I see this working out, is they're going to scratch Chad Ruedel and let Ryan Shea play with P.O. Joseph and see if they got something there. That would be interesting, I guess. I mean, I think Ryan Shea's been fine. He just hasn't wowed me enough to the point where like, oh yeah, this guy needs to be the number seven defenseman over, you know, Ruedel or Freeman or something like that. And, you know, speaking of Freeman, it is interesting that he's not in this lineup at all. And I honestly, I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is has he locked up that number six spot and is it the number seven spot between Chad Weedle and Ryan Shea or am I looking at it from a different angle because that's the first thing that came into my head for my opinion on, on this at least is that I think Freeman has had a little bit of a better camp than Ruedel I mean I think Ruedel's been fine he hasn't you know, been bad or anything like that but the fact that they're not even including Freeman here is that a hint that the bottom pairing is going to be POJ and him just get your thoughts on that I think they kind of look at Mark Friedman is a calculated risk kind of guy. Yeah, he was a waiver claim a couple of years ago, but I think they look at him as a guy that, okay, we can have him as our seventh or eighth defenseman. We can put him through waivers and he likely won't get claimed. We'll get him better time in Wilkes-Barre to keep him sharp, to keep him going. And then when the time comes, you can bring him up, tell him, hey, you're going to be on the bottom pair. Hell, you might even be the guy who sits in the press box for two, three games, but we're going to need you. We're going to need you sharp. So you're going to go up and down a lot. You're going to get more time in Wilkes-Barre. So you're not going to go rusty. And then when you come up, you're going to play maybe not every night, but you're going to play once in a while. And while I like what he brings, I don't think it has that much of a material factor on the game. Yeah. He's an agitator. Yeah. He's in your face. Yeah. He's going to stir it up and, that's all well and good, but at the end of the day, you look at the Penguins roster and they got a couple guys there who are going to mix it up. You got Drew O'Connor. You have, you know, you've got Redim Zahorna. You've got Nola Chari who plays with an edge. You've got Matt Nieto who plays with an edge. I, I think in years previous, I would be more willing to say, hey, they don't need to put Mark Friedman in the minors. They need that kind of quote-unquote physical presence but right now i mean it's less in demand on this roster see that's interesting because i think freeman brings more of an offensive presence 
than Ruido does. I think Ruido is the better player in his own zone, but I do think Friedman brings more of an offensive capability on the attack. I think he has a better shot. I think he has a better first pass coming out of the defensive zone, you know, into the neutral zone and all that. And I think he can also make more plays overall to help the forwards in the offensive zone. So you kind of weigh that against Ruido with his really good defensive metrics and just overall eye test. And I know he was a bit meh last year, but overall, I don't know. I'm just, I'm kind of preferring Frieden right now, even though I do think Ruido would be a perfectly fine player for that number six spot. And then obviously Ryan Shea, I don't think he's going to win that number six job. I still don't. I am just haven't been wowed by him at camp. He's just kind of been there. Hasn't done anything bad. Hasn't done anything where I'm like, wow, okay, there's actually quite a bit of talent here. But heck, maybe he surprises me tonight, comes out, has the game of his life. And I'm like, okay, this is maybe what I've been missing over the past couple of weeks. But I don't know. It's an interesting situation there with the defensive lineup. And then, of course, Tristan Jari is going to start in net overall. Outside of that, I want to see the power play get some work tonight, please. I mean, put the first unit out there. I want to see what they've done in practice these past couple of days. You said it best earlier this week. Eric Carlson needs to be like, okay, I'm the guy. I'm the quarterback. Power play is going to go through me. Chris, I know you've been doing this thing for a decade now, but you're going to be over here and I'm going to be running the show. It has to be like that, in my opinion. And you've got to start getting these players some more looks. I want to see Evgeny Malkin ripping the puck from his usual spot on the right half wall. That is his spot. I don't want to see him moving around other areas of the ice because his one-timer is one of the best in the league. Sidney Crosby, if you want to maybe drift him outside of behind the net, I think that's okay. But overall, man, this unit has to be so much better. And I'm not sitting here saying, oh my God, this unit is doomed. It's the preseason and all this stuff. But it still needs to be better than what it's shown. And I don't want to see these same issues, game 10, game 15, and all that. And what better night than tonight to make it happen? Because it's not like they're going up against a bunch of scrubs. Devin Levi is probably going to start in net, and he showed us at the end of last year that kid is a good goalie. And then you look at their defense. They're bringing the whole squad tonight. Rasmus Dahlin, Eric Johnson, Yoki Aharu, uh, Owen Power. Yep. And then up front, Dylan Cousins, Zemgis Gergensen, Jordan Greenway, Casey Middlestad, Jeff Skinner, Tage Thompson, Alex Tuck. This I, I said it the last time that they played Buffalo. Do not sleep on this team in the Atlantic. Do I think they have a chance to win the Atlantic? It's a toss-up because much like the Metro, it's a dogfight. But this is an underratedly good Buffalo Sabres team, and they are playing their guys tonight. So I'm with you. I want to see the power play do more tonight, and this is a team that they're going up against that they're not going to feast, but this is a team where you're going to get some stiff competition on that PK, so – Go out there and show us what you can do because, listen, it can be a fully functional battle station. They just got to put the keys in the ignition and let it go. Exactly. And this is a young and hungry Buffalo team. They're going to be aggressive on the PK considering how bad the Penguins have been on the power play during the preseason. And I want to see how the Penguins combat that. I want to see how they do going up against a PK that's a little more aggressive compared to some of the other teams around the league. And I'll give you a bold prediction right now. Buffalo makes the playoffs this year. They end that drought. I think this team is 
going to be a lot better than what some people expect. They're going to score a lot of goals. Defensively, they might have some trouble, but Power and Dalina are really good. If Devin Levi, though, is the equalizer in net, this team will make the playoffs this year. It's a good team, man. It's a good team, and the balance of power in the National Hockey League has once again shifted over to the Eastern Conference because both the Atlantic and Metro, man, they are not going to be easy outs. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see whether it's four teams from each division that gets into the East or is one division going to have five, the other is going to have three. I think overall this year, it's probably going to be the most competitive playoff race we've seen in quite some time. And yes, I know how competitive the East was last year. I think it's going to be even more competitive this year, but that'll do it for this segment. Coming up in the second segment, Pat and I are going to give our thoughts on some more roster cuts that were made on Thursday and then some players that were reassigned to Wilkes-Barre on Friday after a few cleared waivers from Thursday. But before we do get to that, we got to discuss Bird Dogs. They make you look ridiculously good. They stretch khaki shorts and they are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. They also fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way summer fit without having to sacrifice movement. I absolutely love these. I can wear these a few times a week. They are super comfortable. You can wear them anywhere in the house. You can even take them on a date if you want to do that. You can take them to tan outside, go get a beer, whatever you want. They are the one of the best shorts in the world. To get yours, you can go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or enter promo code locked on NHL at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NHL for a free water bottle at checkout. You will not want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am Hunter Hodes, joined as always by Patrick Damp. So in addition to a few of the players being reassigned to Wilkes-Barre on Friday, Pat, the three players that were put on waivers, Juno Kapanen, Alex Nylander, and Andreas Janssen, they cleared, so they are reassigned to Wilkes-Barre. They did not make the team out of Penguins training camp. And then on Thursday, they made... A few other moves, Avery Hayes down to Wilkes-Barre, Rem Pitlick down to Wilkes-Barre, Sam Poulin, Xavier Valtteri Pustin, and Ty Smith. Those clears waivers, goes down, comes back up for a game, and then goes down again. Overall, though, I don't think any of us are super surprised by these moves. I don't think any one of these guys did enough to stand out during camp or the preseason to have a shot going into this final game to try and make the team. No, uh... I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago in my column on KDKA Penguins Perspectives, which you should go read when you get a chance. Had a really good one today. But here's the thing. Kyle Dubas made a very savvy move going into this camp. Signed a bunch of PTOs, gave a bunch of guys extended looks, and he did this, and obviously I don't have it on record him saying this, but if you have watched hockey long enough, you understand how this works. He did this because there are a handful of young guys in this organization that need to take the next step. That's Alex Nylander, it's Pustinen, it's Poulan. And the reason you bring those guys in as competition is because they're trying to stay in the NHL or get another chance in the NHL. And these guys had every opportunity to make their mark and say, okay, we're the young guys in, in, in this system. 
and we belong in the National Hockey League now, and they didn't take it. Now, I don't think any of them were bad, per se. Uh, Poulin was good, but not good enough. Nylander was good, not good enough. I think Pustinen's still maybe a year away. But this is the other thing I want to say. And I kind of hinted this to you yesterday. We didn't get a chance to do it. This is my little rant that I want to go on. Guys, stop saying the Penguins need to get younger. I get it. There have been so many teams over the past few years that have had young players and had success. But the thing you're leaving out is this. Yes, it would be nice for the Penguins to get younger. But you're leaving out the part where they need to get younger talent. There are still guys in this system who are in their mid and early 20s, but they're not NHL caliber players, at least not full-time NHL caliber players. And I will add on, I know it was a long time ago, but when they won the Stanley Cup in 2009, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Max Talbot, Tyler Kennedy, Marc-Andre Fleury, the core that drove that team to a Stanley Cup were in their early 20s. They just kept being great. So what all these teams with young players are doing is trying to build what the Penguins have. So, yes, I agree. They need some fresh blood. They need some younger guys who can have some legs and make a difference. They just don't have them right now. I like Alex Nylander. Think he could be a good player. I like Valtteri Pustin. Think he could be a good player. I think Sam Poulin's a good player. But they have not done enough to stay in the National Hockey League. Yes, they're young, but that right now is the only thing they're bringing to the table. You took the words right out of my mouth, honestly. I think fans just attach themselves to any young player that they can. And like, oh, well, this guy should come up. Look at the production he's doing in Wilkes-Barre. But the jump from AHL to the NHL, you know it. It's so massive. You're not going to produce like that. In the NHL, the competition is so much more stiff. And Nylander, again, I liked what he did last year coming up. I thought he was competent. I wanted him to build off that coming into this camp in preseason. Newsflash, he didn't. Sorry, he did not. And same Poulin. I had a couple people asking me this on social media yesterday. Well, I was surprised he didn't make the team. But should you be, though? I wasn't surprised. I mean, look, he's... Obviously, you know, still coming back from everything with the mental health situation, he's he's going to get quite a few reps down Wilkesbury. He had a really nice prospects challenge, was good. He had a pretty solid camp, just not as good as some of these other guys, like a Zahorna, like a Colin White, like a Jansen Harkins, even though he's only been here for a few days. But if Poulin continues to get reps, continues to improve, because I think he's playing some of his finest hockey of the year right now, it won't be long until he probably earns himself a call-up from Wilkesbury. Same with Pustin. I know he said a whole bunch to, leave was Taylor Haas of DK Pittsburgh Sports. Really great article from her, by the way, because he said, oh, I'm here to take a job and all that stuff. Well, the camp competition was so fierce and he's just not at that level just yet. He could, but we don't know. So I agree with you on that. It's good to have younger players, but they got to have actual competent talent because you look at Wilkes-Barre's team, especially last year, they stunk. They, they were bad. And I think this year they're going to be better, but I don't think the Penguins have a truly, really, 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 really good prospect ready to come up from there for this season. That, that's where I stand on that. And then here's the other, here's the other way to look at it too. A lot of these guys who are on in their still in their early to mid-20s in the system, they're good players. But what would you rather happen for them right now? Would you rather them come to Pittsburgh, 
languish on the fourth line or sit up in the press box, not get a ton of reps, not do a bunch of play, not get a bunch of playing time, or do you want them down in Wilkes-Barre where they're going to be on the first line, the second line? They're going to play 20, 22, 23 minutes a night. They're going to become more impactful players and their game is going to develop more. I've been saying this forever. One of the most underrated things the Pittsburgh Penguins have done in the Crosby-Malkin era is they have utilized a more baseball-style development model. Because you remember, when they won in 16 and 17, it was on the backs of some of those younger guys. But here's the thing. They weren't first- or second-year pros. They were third- and fourth-year pros. They spent time, some of them in Wheeling, some most of them in Wilkes-Barre, and they spent time down there becoming good players. They weren't just guys who they drafted a year or two prior and all of a sudden they were here. They took time to develop. And when you're a team like this that goes to the cap, that has this much talent, that's how you want to run your organization. And now when you have a forward-thinking president like Kyle Dubas, he's going to do this even more. He's going to bring guys in, and he's going to pay attention to the minor league system. And these guys are going to get reps. They're going to get developed. And by the time they come to Pittsburgh – it's not going to be a gradual process. Yeah. They're going to get inserted into the lineup and they're going to make an impact, but you have to have a little bit more patience with it. And none of the players in Wilkes-Barre right now are at the level that you were, you just referenced 2016-17. They're not at the level that, for example, a Brian Rust was when he came up from Wilkes-Barre, a Connor Sherry, heck, even a Tom Kunakal. Well, maybe some of them are close to him, but especially with Rust, and Sherry, and then obviously Gensel when he came up, none of these players are at their level. But heck, maybe they can get, you know, at least semi-close to that if they continue to develop, get those reps down in Wilkes-Barre, continue to put up numbers, and at some point, their time may come for the Penguins. It's just not right now. So I understand everyone's cries too. Yes, this team is the oldest team in the league heading into the year. I get it. But right now... That's just kind of how it it is because, again, they don't have that A-stud prospect coming up. If they had drafted Braden Yeager maybe a couple years ago, if that was in the class, then maybe he'd be ready to make the team right now, but he's not. In a couple years, that could change, but they just don't have that A-star prospect. And that's, again, also, that's the price you pay for three Stanley Cups, people. Sorry, like it, it is. But I think that'll do it for this second segment. Coming up to end the show, Pat and I are going to give our predictions as to who gets those final two forward spots for Monday's official 23-man roster heading into the regular season on Tuesday against the Blackhawks. But before we get to that, we got to discuss Indeed. It is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Do not spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. You can visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring right now. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on. Remember, that's Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 
All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am Hunter Hodes, joined as always by the best co-host in the world, Patrick Dam. So I kind of teased it earlier on in the show, but counting Jake Ensel, 16 forwards on this team right now. Without him, 15. Five players battling for those final two spots. You 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 know the list. I mean, it's J- Jansen Harkins, it's Vinny Henestrosa, it's Austin Wagner, Colin White, and Redeem Zahorna. Those five right there bound for those final two spots. I'll give you my prediction, and I'm probably going to go 0 for 2 on it. Redeem Zahorna makes this team next week, and I'm going to say Jansen Harkins makes this team. I think he's going to do enough on Friday night to make it. I don't think the Penguins are going to want to put him on waivers because someone else may claim him. In fact, I think it's likely that someone will claim him considering the camp that he had for the Jets, considering how good he looked on Wednesday and if he plays well tonight. I think those are going to be your final two forwards that's just my take on it. Here's the thing. I don't think it's two spots. I think it's one Ooh. because I think Radim Zahorna is a lock. I don't think they're sending him down. He should be a lock. He has been the closest thing to a star in this camp for the Penguins. And I've said it on the show. He talked about how much he loved the Penguins organization and playing in Pittsburgh and the way he has played in this camp he has proven his words to be true because he's playing like a guy who is sending a very clear message to management and coaches that I'm on this team. I think that the two that really though, that I think are the ones that are battling for it most are yes. I'm with you, Jansen Harkins. They seem to really like, and I do like his game so far. I think he's looked solid. I think the other one they like that might, turn a PTO into a contract is Austin Wagner. He's 26. He can play both wings. He can play up and down the lineup. And it's always good to have a guy like that on your team. And as I ranted and raved about in the last segment, he's 26. Like if you want the team to get a little bit younger. That's a guy who's a little bit younger. And I like his game. I think he could be an impactful forward in the bottom six. He could bring a little bit of snarl, a little bit of aggression, and a bit of an offensive touch that this team needs in the bottom six. So realistically, I think it's three or four players battling for one spot because I think they'd be nuts to not give Redding Zahorn a, a spot. I would agree with that. I mean, I, I have to say two spots because you never know. I mean, maybe someone goes out there tonight and blows Zahorn away. Unlikely, by the way. Zahorn is going to go out there, I think, and kick a lot of butt. But hopefully you are right in that Zahorna is a lock because he should be a lock. Wagner, I I would agree with you on that. I liked his offensive game in a couple of the preseason games so far. We've talked about the goal that he scored, that beautiful one-hander in that earlier game. I believe it was the game in Columbus about a week and a half ago. That was really nice. Colin White is interesting. I mean, he's more, I think, of a defensive forward at this point, but he played in Florida's bottom six for most of last year. I mean, this is a player that if he doesn't make the Penguins team, someone is going to pick him because he can play in the bottom six on, I think, most teams around the NHL. And then the other player, of course, Vinny Hinnestroza. I don't know about him. That's the thing. Like, he started off camp getting a look with Sidney Crosby and Brian Rust, looked fine in the pre- in the first preseason game. Outside of that, though, just hasn't fully impressed. I mean, he did set up a couple of chances on Wednesday's game that I was like, okay, finally, he's making at least a little bit of a push for the roster, but I don't know right now. I I think he's on the outside looking in 
heading into this game, especially because you know, A, he's not playing, but I just don't think he's had as good of a camp or a preseason as I hoped he would. Yeah, I I like him, but the best way I can describe his preseason and training camp is pedestrian. Yeah. He didn't he didn't need to be a great, he didn't need to be the dark horse like kind of like Zahorna who popped up and showed that he was going to make the team. But it, it just, again, it, this was a very competitive camp. This was a training camp that was set up to give guys a lot of shots. And if you weren't one of the big names, you had an opening, you had a chance to make the team. And a handful of guys reached out and grabbed it. And a handful of guys let it slip. And I think, Vin, 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 well, that name's going to be a tongue twister. Vinny Hinnestroza is one of the guys who let it who let it slip. So I, I like his game, but through this camp, I can't say I have. Him and Andreas Janssen are kind of similar in that regard where I was hoping that they were going to take one of these spots, but they just haven't really seized the opportunity. You know, Janssen's obviously down at Wilkesbury, but I don't think Hinnestroza has really seized the opportunity there either. But I will say... This was probably the most competitive camp I've seen the Penguins have in quite some time. I had a lot of fun covering this camp. It's been a blast, but I think I speak for you here and I think everyone else. I'm ready for this thing to get rolling, man. I'm ready for regular season hockey. I'm ready to start talking about games that actually matter, but still excited to watch this one. We'll break it all down on the Monday episode, at least a little bit, and then we'll also do a full season preview, bold predictions, preview the game against the Blackhawks, all that good stuff. I cannot wait for Monday, but I think that will do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to slash watching this one. We will be back on Monday for the official start of the regular season. I know it starts on Tuesday, but for us, the regular season starts on Monday. Hope you all have a wonderful weekend and we'll talk with you all then.